Welcome back to Solid Steps Radio. If you're just joining us, we are Solid Steps Radio. We are show for men by men talking about man stuff. And we're talking today about men and worship and how that is, has this skewed connotation of worship being something. It's so much more than just a couple songs or, or, or singing. It's about living a lifestyle of worship. we got two guests here who I, I think... Uh, two totally different spectrums we got a military man 20 years in military now as a parole officer we got a guy who's a musician most of his adult life and uh we're talking about worship and you can't talk about worship today without having i think a worship leader kind of in, in the conversation here we'll hear from Stephen here in a little bit about that but so we also want to thank our, our sponsors we got two sponsors on our for our show carol rogers carpet one and a new sponsor this week lnn credit unions so we want to thank those guys for listening if you want to hear our whole show if you just caught this you want to hear the first two segments or any shows we've ever done best way to do that is go to our facebook page facebook.com forward slash solid steps radio we can also you can also go to itunes and look up solid steps radio or soundcloud.com and type in solid steps radio you can also go to further still ministries and uh, click on solid steps and what's the to, uh, web website for further still, further still ministries dot org, org. Dot yep. org. okay yep so hey so t- now, chad before uh, we get back to Stephen and uh, barry mm-hmm. tell me uh, when you first became a christian mm-hmm. when you heard the word worship what you probably thought it's like okay, I go I go to church and we sing two or three hymns or you know songs and mm-hmm. is that is that what you thought? Well, I was raised Catholic and for, so for me personally, for twenty years being a practicing Catholic, uh, worship was was you know what the priest did up there. You 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 know it's very it was very liturgical, mm-hmm. and uh, I was totally new to to the Protestantism, so I didn't know hymns. I don't know hymns to this day. I don't really know a lot of hymns. I didn't grow up hearing that. You know, it's just what it is. So uh, so worship to me was, you know, it was kind of a foreign, it was a little bit hazy for me. But I knew, obviously, worshiping God, I thought it was just uh, defined for just a couple minutes and beginning of an end of a service. That was kind of my viewpoint of worship. Yeah, I mean, you introduced the show by asking me these words, you know, like truck and barbecue, you know, those, you know, and I, and I would agree with you. I think that men, we, we when we hear the word worship, we, we think it's, I'm going to church on Sunday morning and that's worship, mm-hmm. but... Which it is. Which but. it is. Which it is. And it's it's important, mm-hmm. but it's, it's only one hour out of 168 hours out of the week, mm-hmm. you know? And so, uh, Stephen, quote for us... Or you can read it. It's Romans twelve, one and two. Um, he's gonna he's gonna read it because he doesn't want he doesn't want to mess <laughs> it up. Just in case, just in case. Um, no, I think I know it, but I want to be humble, so I'm gonna actually turn to the page. It's here. always good when you say I want to yeah. be humble. That means you're, you're yeah. I'm trying to be humble, but no one's paying attention. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind uh, he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Hmm. So worship is a whole lot more than Sunday morning at, at, at a church service. Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about that, how, how, Stephen. How do you? I mean, you, you know, I was joking in, in in the break here. You know, you and I we're, we're basically you know preachers. You're a worship leader. You know, we're paid to be good. And Barry and Chad, they're 
they're good for nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I'm bummed. No, I mean, no, that's not true. <laughs> uh, how do you, I mean, how do you live a life of worship as a worship leader? Um, yeah, we're, we were joking. It's like, I wake up in the morning and just start playing guitar and walking <laughs> through the house, blessing every room and my children. Um, and no, but you know, I think the thing about worship and as a worship leader, you know, I, I've really had to separate it from what I do mm. uh, professionally, you mm-hmm. know, and I, I hate saying it like that, but it's, it's yeah. reality. Yeah. Um, you know, I've worked at my craft, you know, and I've tried to be good at this thing. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I can sing all the right notes. I can play all the right chords. Um, technically, I can pull everything off with a hitch if I have to. And it's still not be worship, right? Yes. And, you know, I've spent a lot of time in Nashville writing with um, songwriters and people in the industry and stuff. And you meet a lot of people, and I'm not saying who. Some people are like the real deal. And then you meet others, and it's just... Just it's job. just what they do. And, um, you know, you want to feel the heart of God behind it. And and I've noticed that for me, as I've journeyed into that question for the last 15 years and wanted to be a good steward of whatever this thing is, I, I think the key of it is intimacy. Because worship comes out of the place of intimacy. Mm-hmm. And it could be music. It could be what Barry does. It could be whatever it is you guys do. I don't know what you guys do now, <laughs> but whatever it is that we do, you know, and the life that we live, he's the God of all life, every part of our life, you know, um, to worship him. It comes out of the place of intimacy. You know, Kurt, our friend, uh, Greg Allen, I, he said to me once, you know, uh, worship is what comes out of the overflow of time spent with the Lord. And I love that because it's, it's very true and you can see it throughout scripture you can see it with like people that we think of as really manly men like david you know david learned to be king um doing the thing that no one saw him doing being a good shepherd and uh in that place he learned how to worship the lord and so when he comes out you know most of the psalms that we have are written by david i mean here's a man that lived a life of worship despite all of his flaws he still lived a life of worship he did and uh you know i saw this commercial the other day it was like a, the most random thing but it's like an under armor commercial or something and it shows all these people like exercising for like some kind of olympics and it's real busy and they're working real hard and they're getting ready and it cams out it shows it's like the middle of the night nobody's around and it says what you do in the dark is what puts you in the light. Mm. And I thought about that with the Lord. It's like what I do in the secret place when nobody's watching is what puts me in a place where I can be light, where I can show myself, you know, as a workman who's approved by God, you know, and that's worship. So for me, when I live out of the place where I'm um, intimate with the Lord, when nobody's watching, it just overflows into my life and my life starts to become worship because I'm, I'm so aware of him everywhere I go that I want his leadership. I want to, you know, the most cool thing ever is that the God of all the universe wants us to partner with him. (laughs) You know, it's like, okay, he cares about everything I do. And when I take the time to ask him, what, what's he want me to do? That's worship. Cause I'm acknowledging him as Lord over my life. I'm acknowledging him as the one who's on the throne over every little decision I make, not just the Bible study on Sunday morning and not just the three or four songs I have to pick to lead worship. Um, and I think that even as worship leaders listening, uh, that's what makes us worship leaders is it's what we do when no one's watching, not when we get on a stage and go, okay, one, two, three, let's go. That's, that's not worship. What makes you good at your, at that, that is what you do when nobody's watching. How much, how often do you close the door and just sing to him? 
Hmm. Um, that's what makes you a worship leader. And that's how you feel the heart of God and what people are doing. Whether you're a parole officer, whether you're a real estate agent, hmm. people feel the presence of God on your life because you live out of the presence of God. Which is worship. Which is worship. You know, Joshua, we don't think of Joshua in the Bible as a worship leader, but he was a worship leader, not in the music sense that we think of, but he was a worship leader because it says in Exodus 33, it says that Moses, the tent of meetings was outside of the camp. Yes. I know you know this, Kurt. You don't... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you, do you know your Bible? I want you to open this up. I'm going to talk. Right, this up. is Exodus 33, brother. <laughs> right. So he got, he's, you know, they've put the tent of meetings outside of the camp and Moses would go out and it said everybody would watch from their tents as Moses would enter into the most holy of holies and be with the Lord. And it said after Moses spent this time with the Lord face to face, he would leave and go back to the camp. But it said Joshua stayed, stayed and lingered. And let you fast forward to they send the 12 spies in to spy out the land right and they all these people come back go the giants they're too big they're going to slaughter us there's no hope we're not going into this land and joshua is one of two people that says forget that if god wants us to give this this land he's going to do it why did joshua think that when no one else did and I'm just going to speculate, okay? <laughs> and I think it's biblical to speculate this. He spent so much time in the presence of God that he knew him intimately. As a four-star as, general. As a four-star general. And that was where he was like, God is going to do this because I know him. And right now I'm going to live out of the place of this person I've spent all this time with. Mm. And that's what defines us as worshipers is when we live in that place of an awareness of the presence of God moving in our lives. It's nothing like it. it's addictive. That's uh, yes, that's and that's powerful. You know, uh, uh, you know, Barry, um, j- just comment just real quickly as a as a parole officer. How how do you worship? And we'll, we'll unpack this a little bit more um, in the next segment. But how, how do you worship as you're working with a felon who's just come out of jail? Well, basically it is is living a life of servanthood, knowing that when I go into work that I am there to serve the people that have been given to me and to serve them in whatever I need to do to help them in their journey. Hmm. Um, That involves um, not just waiting on them, but uh, always showing them the respect uh, showing them a level of um, that they are just as valuable as I am uh, to to g- express outwardly the, the gifts of the Spirit that has been given to me, especially the gift of encouragement, mm. to, to intentionally um, say positive things to people. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for coming in. It's good to see you. I'm proud of you. Wow. Those kind of things uh, that have made a tremendous impact on hundreds of people that have worked there. And we're going to need to take a break here, but speaking words of life, what Proverbs 18 talks about, speaking words of life into a person who's just come out of jail, out of prison, and you are the parole officer, that is a part of worship. We're going to unpack that in just a second. Yep. Going to take a break here. Be back for our final segment of Solid Steps Radio, if you can believe it. We've zipped by here and uh, been a great time, but we're going to take a little break. Be back with Solid Steps Radio.
Welcome back to our final segment of Solid Steps Radio today. If you're just joining us, we're talking with Barry Suggs and Stephen McWhorter, and we're talking about worship. And we're talking about it from a context that you may have not ever heard. Most guys think of worship, they think of singing songs, which is good, but we're talking about living a lifestyle of worship. So if you have just joined us and you want to hear the rest of this show in its entirety, go to our Facebook page, go to iTunes, or go to SoundCloud.com and just type in Solid Steps Radio, and you'll find us. Also, go to FurtherStillMinistry.org, and you can click on the mic and listen there. And uh, we also want to thank our sponsors for our show, Carol Rogers Carpet One and LNN Credit Union for stepping up, being a new sponsor. So yeah, uh, this has been a blast to have both of you guys from completely different perspectives. And Barry, at the last segment, you talked about uh, how you worship as a parole officer and how you're dealing with hundreds of of, of folks over the last how many years. Um, uh, Unpack that a little bit more of how do you worship in the context, bringing glory to God in the context of a parole officer? Certainly one of the scriptures that guide what I do is Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Mm. I know that I have been placed in my job because I have a bigger purpose than myself. I talked earlier in the show about my own transformational experience. Yes. Um, how God set me free, how I've been delivered. And I understand that if God has delivered me and has set me free, he expects me to deliver somebody else Mm. because that's my bigger purpose. And although I did not want uh, necessarily to to go into the correctional field, uh, I did pray for God to put me in a place to serve. And so he's put me in the middle of, of an incredible mission field Mm. and so a lot of hurting people a lot of hurting people uh and not as i uh, said earlier it's not a place where it's just completely lost people there are a lot of uh, christians who walk through those doors who uh, have lost their way their prodigal sons and daughters uh, who need to be reconciled back to god they, so, they, they are what you were in the middle of uh, your military and just wandering away from God. Correct. And, um, okay, so keep going. And so, again, I am there to give encouragement. Uh, I am there to show respect, to show that a person has value. Um, but to also show them my own human side that, that – I am no different from you. I may have not uh, committed any criminal acts, but I am just as broken and just as sinful a person as you are. And so I wanted to uh, to share uh, something that happened recently with a parolee who I'd been meeting with for quite some time. Okay. And at the end of January, he came to see me for his um, monthly meeting. And he handed me a letter, and I decided to read the letter in front of him. And I won't read you the whole letter, but it says, uh, I want to say how thankful I am to have met you despite the circumstances. I want you to know that I have never had someone that I want to be more like than you. Mm. I admire what you've been through and what you've become. 
I thank you for having faith in me. I thank you for uh, telling me that I can be a great man. And if I can be a fraction, I hope one day I can even be a fraction of the man you are. I will keep moving forward. So thank you a million times and more. I know I'm where I'm supposed to be. Mm. I knew that a few months into my job 15 years ago that I was in the right place at the right time doing the right thing with the right people and that's never changed and that's that is a life of worship that is a life of worship mm. because I'm right where God needs me to be to make a difference in that mission field God, God is using you Barry to be a light to be salt of the earth light of the world to people and in, in one sense, really, you know, and Stephen, you can com- comment on this too. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're a teacher, if you're an attorney, if you're an engineer, if you're a farmer, if you're a nurse, if you're a doctor, it, it doesn't really matter. You know, Chad, you're a real estate guy. Mm-hmm. Um, God calls us to live a life of worship. Uh, back to what you quoted earlier, Colossians 3, where, whatever we do, whatever we do. We're to live for his glory and for his honor and for praise. That is a life of worship. You pointed at me, so uh, I'm, I, I, I start talking. <laughs> okay. Um, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, that's awesome. You know, Barry and I, we actually have a lot more in common than you give us credit. You know, uh, he's in law enforcement. I was arrested a lot when I was younger. <laughs> he was in. <laughs> he was in the military. I've seen Mash, and I watched Saving Private Ryan. So mirror images. Mirror we're image. just like. I mean, we're exactly the same. It's kind of weird. It's like looking in a mirror. Um, no, uh, you know this is awesome. I love. I love the stories. Like you said, you know, being a worship leader, people equate what I do with being like super spiritual or like the. You know, you get paid to be a worship leader, so. Um, it's easy for you to to live a life of worship. I think it's sometimes harder for worship leaders to live a life of worship, you know, because it's what happens off the stage and out of the light yes. that makes you a worship leader, that makes you a worshiper, that makes Barry a worship leader. It's what you do when no one's watching that makes you um, effective for the kingdom um, when you're dealing with people's lives, when you're interacting with them one-on-one. And that is really, even with uh, Chad, you know, doing real estate. I don't know what you do, but I hope... Uh, you do know. I'm just kidding. Actually, I live in a house that so you help me get. Bless your heart. It's, did, did, a, it's did, falling apart. It's dilapidated. <laughs> There's things... I, I got to get a tetanus shot. No. Um, so, yeah, no, it's good, man. Um, I, I love getting to do what I do, and I love... Um, the opportunity to do it but most of the time it definitely puts me in check i'm like god you know i have to live in a constant place of dependence on you and a constant place of setting aside the quiet time so i can be effective you know so i can actually be a worshiper so when i'm out doing whatever it is i'm doing uh, i think some of the most powerful ministry moments for me are not sunday morning uh not that i haven't had some powerful ones but they're just the day in and day out people don't even know i'm a worship leader and i get to pray for them i get to see god heal people i get to see god use me to speak into people's lives they don't even know um you know you're a kroger you're you're at wherever and great great example is uh chad you know we sold i guess uh, hold our sold our house and then uh we were looking into a new one well the real estate agent wasn't a christian and she said to my wife and i 
She said, are you sure you want to sell your house? Because it's a really bad area. We're trying to sell our house. We're like, no, the Lord told us to sell our house. She was like, I just don't know if it's going to sell. I mean, it's bad when the real estate agent tells you, <laughs> I don't think your house is going to sell. <laughs> well, we look at her. We say, no, the Lord told us, you know, uh, again, not audibly, but we believe in prayer that we got confirmation. The Lord wants us to sell our house. She looked at us like we were crazy. And uh, our house sold in three days. The first person that came to our house gives exactly what we want for it. Hmm. Next thing you know, we're in this office with this lady signing the counter offer, you know, and I feel the Lord like an unaudible, but a voice in my head say, ask her about her parents. Well, this woman looks like she's in her seventies. So I think, well, they're, they're dead. <laughs> you know, so, but I'm going to ask her about her parents. She goes, my parents are in their nineties and they live with me. And this week I have to put them in an old folks home and mm. I'm really struggling with it. Mm. So my wife and I pray for this woman and she's just, she's a bawling mess. And I'm like, God, the whole purpose of this could have been to get me in this room so I could pray for this woman. But mm. the worship part was me being so paying attention mm-hmm. to God with me in that moment enough that I would take the risk of looking foolish for his glory and say, hey, tell me about your parents. I'm supposed to pray for you. She could have said, well, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know? But, but you though, take the risk. But you take the risk. That. That's a life of worship where I'm willing to look stupid so he can be. That's another example of a life of worship. I'm willing to look dumb so he can look amazing. Hmm. Um, that's that's. It's hard to do that. And I wasn't. Play, I didn't have a guitar. She, you know, you, you, you weren't <laughs> singing I, hymns. Before I pray for you, I'm going to need someone to play guitar. Could you, <laughs> honey, hit the music? Wow, so. that's good. Well, we, we, this this hour has just flown by. But I, Chad, I wanted to ask you just real quickly, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to ask the, uh, the, our two guests to just close in prayer mm. but how, real quickly how do you lead and live in worship as a real estate well guy? first off not as well as i'd like but, well, that's the truth that's but, case for all of us but, but um you know um shame yeah <laughs> as a client there's no, there's client no condemnation over here ask him right <laughs> romans 8 there's no condemnation brother. you didn't pray for me when i bought my house i'm pretty disappointed. i did it privately <laughs> yeah, okay so um the when you're helping people buy a house and you go through the process you're they're in your life for about 90 days typically from the time you meet into the time it's over with so you go through that process mm-hmm. so you want to serve these folks you're navigating them through a process that they, is usually a very emotional process for them they're a little nervous they're going to raise their kids here is this a good neighborhood so you're hopefully just navigating you're kind of leading them through the process so you want to just serve the people like barry said you want to serve these folks that are in front of you yes um but as far as as far as worship and your work it's like anything else and i think you just hit it on the on the head Stephen. how many times a day does god cross my mind mm-hmm. if i have a quiet time in the morning and it's great for an hour of worship and then i don't he don't hit my radar for six more hours it's a the lifestyle of worship is just the thought of him and i especially think uh, this quote i'll end on this and we talked about this yesterday when dallas willard passed away they uh this was said they said dallas willard died on may the 13th 2003 but we're not sure if anyone has told him yet (laughs) that is a life of a mind that says i'm in the presence of god i'm thinking of god i want to worship him and all the little stuff and that it's kind of like that's a challenge. It is a challenge, but I think that's is he on my mind and he's in my heart, turning him you know, towards him. It's like, uh, what did Jesus mean when he said, "Remain in me"? Mm. Yep. You know, remain in me. With that, we got to close up, guys. It's been awesome to have you. Thanks for coming in. I'm going to ask you both to just pray real quickly for the men who are listening right now. Barry, would you start, please? Heavenly Father, I. Th- I ask you to move by your spirit in a very active and powerful way in the lives of the men who 
are listening to this radio right now. Father, uh, fill them with your spirit. Guide them in all areas of their, life, of their lives. And I ask, Lord, that you um, place intentional opportunities in front of these men to be a light to those people that are in their path. In Jesus' name I pray. Yeah, Lord, we love you because you're the God of the better than plan. Lord, we just say, uh, we, we just put our lives in your hands, God. Uh, we we want to be the kind of men that we always want to fix things and kind of, uh, you know, be problem solvers. But God, your leadership is so good. And we just love you because Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, you know, the plans you have for us, plans to prosper us, not to harm us, plans to give us hope and a future. Because you're a God that has all the details in the palm of your hand. And we trust you with them, God. So we trust you to lead us well. And we want to be people that lives, live lives of worship, that we live live out of a place of awareness mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. your presence mm-hmm. in Jesus name amen. amen thanks for listening folks we'll be here next week on Solid Steps Radio <laughs>